What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Philly Fresh Podcast, providing the freshest takes in sports straight from the oven to your ears. I'm your host, Robert Arelli. With me, as always, is my co-host, Brandon Carasillo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the pod. If you guys can please follow the pod on at Philly Fresh Pod on Twitter, where you can find all the updates with the new pods, and you can uh, see some of the funny memes we tweet out and oh, yeah. uh, get connected with us. Meme game strong. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's start with some opening thoughts. And breaking news right before we came off of the pod, Antonio Brown linked to the Eagles a little bit. There's a rumor that the Raiders and Eagles are the top two teams in the sweepstakes right now. This is crazy to me. Yeah, I wonder if the Eagles were like kind of underdogs and they kind of you know swooped in once they thought or once they found out that he was on the cusp of being traded. Like I wonder if the Eagles were always in it or if they kind of upped the ante. Once they heard the news about Buffalo, which turned out to be not news. R.I.P. to Buffalo fans, because that is heartbreaking. Yeah. Buffalo can never have anything nice, ever. Like, even when they think they're about to get something nice, it's not real. People were celebrating. They were on Snapchat, like, oh my god. That's sad. That's sad. What a sad franchise and fan base. Yeah. But, uh, Antonio Brown, do we want that ego on the Eagles? Do we? This comes with a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage right now. Do you see him making the making the rounds, doing all these press conferences and interviews, and just making an ass of himself? Yeah, I mean the guy's got a fucking bleach blonde mustache yeah. and a black beard. So he looks like the black guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he does. You know, like I'm not sure if the talent's worth the headache, but I will tell you. It's an immediate upgrade, obviously, from what the Eagles have, and it makes them a serious threat to Super Bowl contender. Oh, for sure. When you're trotting out Antonio Brown as your one, Alshon as your two, and Zach Ertz as your third option in the passing game, oh my gosh, you can't cover that. You cannot stop that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, Alshon's terrific receiver, but... The fact of the matter is, is, you know, it did go off his hands and maybe there's a lot of pressure on Alshon. Maybe uh, the front office feels that, you know, we need another guy and uh, they're going to, it seems like they're going to go for it with this, you know, Antonio Brown news. Now, nothing's official, obviously. Nothing's even close to official. We don't even know if the Eagles are actual serious players or not. It's just a report. Yeah, just a rumor. So, you know, we're going off of what's being reported here, but... I mean, if there's any facts or any truth to it, again, this does make the Eagles a big-time contender for the Super Bowl if they if they were to you know acquire him. Oh, if, for if sure. If Wentz can stay healthy, too. Huge if. Yeah, yeah. Much like the T.O. situation. You yes. Know? It, it would be comparison. like adding a T.O. again. And the Eagles are lucky because they have a very strong locker room right now. And... I, I feel like the locker room T.O. came into was a little easier to destroy. So it would really take a lot to completely destroy this locker room. So I don't know. I have a little bit of faith that Antonio Brown's ego won't be the downfall of the team if he does come here. I don't think so either. I am a little bit concerned, though, because that locker room is starting to get a little bit of finger pointing action going on. Yeah. Um. We saw Nick Foles come in and kind of calm the storm, but... You know Fletcher Cox pointing the the finger at a uh, who was Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, right? 
Uh, you know, just like a little bit of uncharacteristic like frustration last year, which comes when you're trying to defend a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, and you're not living up to expectations and your quarterback's not playing at a high level or injured or whatever. Um, I don't think that all that will have too much of an effect on the play on the field, but uh, it is something to watch out. You know, just add, again, adding another ego to somewhat of a finger-pointing team last year, especially with the Wentz report now in the offseason. Um, again, you know, just little things to, to keep in mind. Yeah. No, nothing to really sit there and be worried about. Bottom line is, though, if the Eagles trade for Antonio Brown... You should be excited. Yeah. Your reaction is to get excited and super psyched for the following season. Yeah, and it's like it would be like if the Sixers got Russell Westbrook. Like, is is he a fucking maniac and walking confrontation? Yes. But is he also gonna make your team like light years better? Yes. Yeah. All right, second thought here. Uh we gotta talk about LeBron James because the guy has lost his goddamn mind. He's letting the ball roll all the way out of bounds. Did you see this clip where yeah. they you know how sometimes when you inbound the ball, you roll it so the clock doesn't stop yeah. start yet? Well, LeBron was... lets the ball roll all the way down the court past the opposite three-point line and out of bounds. It was Paul Millsap that tried to get a hand <sighs> in and then forced him to just let it go out of bounds. Jesus. Like, he's... what are you doing, man? LeBron What are is... you doing? He's in full I-don't-give-a-shit mode. Full I don't give a shit. But mode. to me, that's such like a loser mentality. Imagine if MJ did this back in the oh. day. For those LeBron lovers, and look, he's you know, he's one of the best of all time, but for those LeBron lovers, jock strap holders, this is why you can't compare Michael to LeBron. This is why. Because Michael would never do this. Michael would find a way to take this bum-ass team to the playoffs. In fact, you could argue Michael might take this team past the first or second round even. Yeah, I agree. It's unbelievable that LeBron is not going to be in the postseason. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it it's feels crazy. I mean, and that team is falling apart. Uh, the coach is going to be fired. Yeah, the well, locker he didn't, room has issues. He didn't have a chance to begin with. No. If they didn't, if they didn't go to the uh, conference finals this year, he wasn't going to be there anyways. So I mean, well, is that yeah. really news to us? They're going to bring in Tyloo, probably for real. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah, oh, he's got that ring on the resume, whether yeah. he deserves it or not. And he so. listens to King LeBron. So yeah, that's the reason why. I'm glad you said it. That's the ultimate reason yeah, why. Because because Magic now with his tail in between his legs. It's going to come back on him. It's going to be his ass if he doesn't make a major change that LeBron likes. Yeah, for sure. LeBron's also getting pushed by Kyle Kuzma to play defense. Did you see this oh, clip? I did. Oh, did. That, that was so glorious, I got to say. I loved every bit of it. <laughs> Kuzma had no fear there. Good for him, too. Yeah. Hey, old man, get your ass on the fucking wing. Yeah. We don't have any good defenders on this team as it is. We need to play team ball. You right. think that you'd play ball since you're, quote-unquote, the king and the savior. Yeah. And the last thing I can remember is LeBron chucking the ball at the back of the basket while trying to inbound it. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So these are three things that prove to me that he's he's in full, I don't care. I do not give a shit. Lost my damn mind mode. But, I mean, this, this hurts his legacy. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to like start this Stephen A debate whether it hurts his legacy or not. But I'm on Stephen A's side. I think that this hurts his legacy of just being this, like, you know, 
oh, I don't have anything to prove. I've won before. Like, I don't need to worry about anything else. Oh, if we don't make it, it's not on me. It's on them. Like this, hey, I'm cool LA LeBron. I'm laid back. Like, I don't think that this is, this, like, this certainly isn't Mamba mentality, quote unquote. And this certainly isn't a winner's mentality. You know, think about, um, just think about, like, the previous Sixers teams when they were garbage. They oh, they fought to the death every night. To every the death. night they couldn't close it out for shit no. ever. But I remember times when they would give the Miami Big Three a fight for three quarters. Like the Heat would come in thinking, "We'll just roll the ball out," and the Sixers are like, "Fuck you, ain't you ain't throwing right. this ball out? Right? I'm gonna fucking take your money." Like that's like that's a mentality that these Lakers need to have. And you, th- I thought I idiotically thought they could make that mentality happen somehow with you know Rondo and uh and Lance Stevenson two guys who at this point just want to win and at this point don't mind being you know kind of the dirty gritty guys I thought that this team would come together and at least be a bottom four team in the playoffs I was wrong yeah well let's continue with the basketball here let's get into Sixers let's talk about just the Ass whooping the Rockets handed to us oh, last please. night. My God. Oh my God. And this is so this is becoming so Sixers lately without Embiid. Just first off, you get you get pantsed the night before against Chicago, which we'll get into, and you follow that up with getting bent over in Houston. Just not even competitive for four quarters. It might have been the worst Sixers loss I've seen this year. Oh, it was ugly. It, minus Embiid. It just looked like the Sixers were not even at the same tier as the Rockets. Yes. You know? Yes. And this is these are the Rockets. These guys suck at defense. Oh, I know. I, the Sixers could not get a clean look for their life. I don't think Mike D'Antoni's ever had a defensive player of the year under his wing or even a candidate. No. But the Rockets' D seemed like the best of all time last night. We were smothered. Smothered. We relied on like Ben Simmons like shooting turnaround right-handed hooks oh, from like God, they seven were, feet out. They like, were that, so ugly. They looked like someone at LA Fitness just like trying to push <laughs> the ball out awkwardly from like the right angle. And obviously Simmons, you know, he has some touch around the hoop to know that that shit's not going to work. I don't know why he kept doing it. He did it three know. times in like five minutes. Yeah, and they all just bricked. One of them airballed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was bad. We could we could not do anything. Let me bring up some stats here. I know JJ Reddick continues his awful play. Just got awful. Talk, we're talking about the Rockets, right? Yep. JJ Reddick was one of eleven from the field. What happened? What happened to JJ Reddick? I don't know. And you know what? He's starting to look defeated out there, as if he doesn't trust his own shot. Like Yo, he made he- the one shot, and he was like, "Hallelujah." But before that, head down after head the Head down, miss. like, are you effing kidding me? Like, I can't believe it's not going in. But you know what? I also think he's pressing a little bit. Like, some of the shots he took last night, I looked at it and I said, yeesh, that's not what he did last year. This I, looks like he's trying too, a little too hard right now. And I can think of one right off the top of my head. Three on one on the fast break, J.J. Redick pulls up for a three. Oh, God, what was that garbage? You never do that. You I would have never benched do that. his ass. Yeah, yeah. That's benchworthy. A coach rips a player out of the game for that. You go get the bucket. First of all, you're struggling. So who are you to even take that shot and waste a fast break opportunity? 
Second of all, you're not Steph Curry. You don't do that. One from nine from three. One for nine from three. Yeah, one and, and the one nine. three that he hit was the third time in a row after he missed two oh previous God, shots. Remember that? Yep, and they me. kept passing him the ball back, and finally he hit, and then he was like, hallelujah. Right. And, I mean, Ugh. look, no one played fantastic. Actually, Tobias Harris played pretty well, but no one played fantastically last night. I mean, you look down the stat sheet, Simmons relatively ineffective, uh, you know, 6 of 15, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, not too bad, but 7 turnovers, Ugh. you know, that's that's brutal. Uh, and also, I mean, let's be honest, he was part of the reason why James Harden went off. He didn't exactly have a defensive night to remember. Yeah. Uh, you look at Tobias Harris, he had a good night, 10 of 15, 22 points, good. But again, rolling down the list, Butler, 8 of 18, not too bad, 19 points. But again, Butler was on Harden, and Harden roasted the entire team. So Butler takes a hand in that. It felt like everybody was on Harden right. at some point, and, and nobody could stop him. Exactly. And no one can stop the penetration either inside. Like, it was too easy last night. By, there was never a point in the game where it was like, okay, they're finally like getting it together. They're only down 8. Like, no, that never really came. They were down, okay, they're down yeah. 10, or okay, they're down 14, but they never made that, like, real defensive, like, slap the floor, like, let's do this. They never looked like they wanted it. They never looked like, I'll tell you what, it's funny. Once P.J. Tucker drew two charges on Amir Johnson within the first 80 seconds, oh god, you knew the game was going to be weird from yep. then on out. You knew, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Because... What game ever starts like that? I know. Like two two charges by the same guys. Two involved. Amir, yeah. Same guys involved on defense and That's offense. That's weird. So, and I know Brett Brown wasn't thrilled about it, but I mean, come on, they were as clear as day. I mean, you know, you've got to be more more pissed at Amir Johnson than the refereeing. Yeah. At that I point. don't even know why we're we're going to Amir for the first two plays yeah. of the game anyway. Why why is that the play right. we draw? Right, like is first? he supposed to be like the veteran who like gets our feet no. wet? No. Like what was that? Not at all. But like you said. The defense was the problem. It was too easy. Clint Capella, how many points did he have? 18? Yeah, 18. But the fact is, it was all wide open layups. Oh, yeah. It looked to me as if there was only eight guys out on the basketball court because that's how open and spacious the court looked. I couldn't find anyone in the paint. It looked like it was half empty and there weren't enough players. But it was just the Sixers not defending the rim at all. At all. And again, for those of you who didn't watch the game, the Rockets won 107-91 last night. Um, you know, it was, it was never really close. They, they started off with a 37-21 lead in the first quarter, and they never really looked back. And it's funny because the Sixers won the second and the fourth quarter by a few points each, but it didn't matter at that point. No. They, they were just in such a hole that it really never mattered. They really never got back in the game. Uh, James Harden had 31 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and 32 minutes, which is highly efficient. Uh, the Rockets led by as many as 24, and the Sixers used a combination of Johnson, Bolden, and Justin Patton at center. That trio combined for 7 points in 44 minutes. Oh my god. And, and, and probably 40 points given up. Oh, in that easily. amount of minutes. What as well. I was just say, I was just about to say that. And again, this is Clint Capella. Like this isn't like, 
you know, this isn't like facing someone like Joel Embiid or facing, right. you know, like a top center. Like, Clint Capella just grabs alley-oops and exactly. just dunks it. Like, he's not anything, like, you know, groundbreaking. You don't give Clint the ball and say, go to work. Right. He gets all of his buckets from James Harden pick and rolls. Right. Wide open alley-oops, wide open layups. <laughs> and, you know, if this was like Jokic, like, okay, you take yeah. your loss, you take it on the chin. But again, it's Clint Capella. It's Clint Capella. Yeah, Without Harden, he's like not not even effective. He's I just know. the guy who rebounds and blocks, pretty much. Right. It was a bad showing. It was a real bad showing, and they missed Embiid. And this team, it's evident now. It's evident with this with this bench with this team. They're not the same team without Embiid. We knew that, but th- without Embiid's health, they're not a serious contender. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they can't be taken seriously without Embiid. They need their superstar. That's the bottom line. For those of you who are saying they still got three stars, they should be able to win and be competitive, it's not enough. It's not. Reddick's too much of a liability on both ends right now. They got no interior D. Simmons, as we always say, still needs to shoot, although he did make a jump shot last night. Hala fucking Luli. <laughs> I can't say. Hala fucking Luya for making a jump shot last night. About time. But, you know, again, Simmons can't shoot. Uh, Tobias and Butler, you know, they'll do they'll do their, their part, but... Ultimately, you need your guy. You need your center. You need your guy because your bench isn't strong enough. Oh, the bench just can do nothing. Brutal. James Ennis, Jonathan Simmons played a total of 19 minutes, had seven points. Brutal. It can't be like that. Guys got to step up. I mean, Embiid scored 32 by himself last time they faced the Rockets. Sixers won 121-93 back on January 21st. So this team clearly can compete and can beat the Rockets. Oh, for sure. When their effort and when their roster's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a bench problem. Huge. We really do. So that's why it's imperative that Embiid comes back and our starting lineup is as good as it can possibly be because we can't afford to not have our starters be that good and have our bench suck like this. So we need the starters back, and they have to just carry us. They really do. Until one of these guys steps up. Well, what concerns me, too, is... Here's a stat for you. The Sixers shot 3 of 26 from three-point. That's 11.5%. Ew. 11.5% from three. Oh, my God, dude. I expect Andre Drummond to shoot that. (laughs) I don't expect the Sixers team to shoot that. (laughs) Andre Drummond, the same guy who hit the... Top of the backboard on the step back three last You night. give him 26. I bet he'll, he'll sink three. So basically what I'm trying to tell you is the effort wasn't there. They didn't give a shit. And then on top of that, they just tried to shoot their way out of it. And they couldn't do it. No, they couldn't. And the Rockets shot 31.7% from three. Just, you know, comparatively there. You can see. It's too much. It's just It it's was bad. Too much all around. Just a shit show all around. And the Rockets were almost 50% from the field as well. And that tells you that our defense was atrocious because that means wide open, easy layups, transition buckets. You don't shoot 50% for the game unless the other team's giving up easy buckets. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Sixers checked out after after the second quarter. That was it. That was it. Yeah. They it, tried in the first. They got waxed. They tried somewhat in the second, still kind of got waxed. And then that was it from then on out. Yeah. And it's a bad showing after losing to the Bulls the previous night or two nights ago, whatever it was. Uh, this this is a game the Sixers had to win. Whether you have Embiid or whether you don't, 
You go and you beat up on the Chicago Bulls. You don't let Zach Levine go for 95 points or whatever the fuck he did. Let's see. 39 Zach Levine goes for against us. It's, it's Nobody could guard him. It's inexcusable. Nobody could guard him. I mean, who is he? Is he Kevin Durant? Is he LeBron James? Is he James no. Harden? No, he's... Did we he, face James Harden twice? Did that's, they, what it, that's what it felt like. Was he on the Bulls and then they traded him to the Rockets and we had to play him two nights in a row? Apparently so, because that's the bullshit showing that was shown by the uh, the Sixers. Yeah, that's just a team that is not ready and kind of underestimates their opponent because the Bulls suck, dude. The Bulls are 19-47. and 47. You can't lose that game when you're fighting for the three seed. The Bulls don't even have someone to jersey swap with Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Dwayne Wade had to jersey swap with the fucking mascot. That should tell you all you need oh to know God. about the Bulls. Oh, my God. All right. Do you want to get into just the atrocity that was the fourth quarter here? <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm sitting there at the gym watching it, and I'm thinking, okay, Sixers, way to... I guess grind out a somewhat, you know, decent win after almost blowing it. Yeah. Uh, it, the game was pretty even all game. Uh, you know, you look at the quarters, 30 to 30, 27 to 27, third quarter, Sixers won 29, 25, and then fourth quarter, of course, they choked and lost 26 to 21. You know, Bulls edged it out 108, 107, but it never felt like the Sixers had a grasp on that game coincidentally until the fourth quarter yeah, you thought where, the game was over where they were up 98 88 with 6 minutes left you're like okay here we go like okay, you they know finally it's been turned ugly. it on right let's you know let's finish this game we let a bad team hang around now we're going to put them away right but no and when you play this game and you live dangerously like this this is what happens when you let bad teams linger sometimes it bites in the ass and that's what happened because Mike Scott and Jimmy Butler didn't know what to do. Yeah, brutal. Zach brutal. Levine gets the ball. He he gets a screen from Robin Lopez. Mike Scott should have switched, didn't switch. Levine gets all the way to the hoop for the M1. And just just a devastating way to lose the game. The I mean, first time. A couple <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A couple of thoughts. First one is what are you so worried about Robin Lopez for? What do you think he's gonna fucking MJ Sky to the to the hoop or something? Right, right. What are you so worried about him for? Let him have the ball at the three point shoot. At that point, I double covered Levine and and just leave just Lopez leave Robin wide Lopez open. wide open. And at that point, I take my chances that he misses anyways. Yeah, he finds a way. His dumb, uncoordinated ass finds a way to mess that up. Yep. But apparently, we're so worried about Robin Lopez. Being Dr. J, that we forget to guard Zach friggin' Levine, who ended yeah, the, up having 39. Yeah, the guy who already had, like, 36 points. Like, oh, they didn't realize we should maybe cover this guy? Right. He's been piping us all night. Like, what the hell? You'd think by now. You'd think by now that they would have had, you know, hey, in the timeout, Brett, hey, guard Zach. Don't worry about the guy who looks like he's from the friggin' Simpsons. <laughs> Yeah, well, Brett said it. Brett said, uh, here's a quote. Brett Brown told reporters in Chicago, that's an environment where we switch. If we had to do it again, we would have and should have done that better. That means Mike Scott was at fault. He should have switched onto Zach Levine and, and covered him. 
But Jimmy Butler, after the game, says, I think I should have fought through the screen, stay with my man, he said. A lot of that's on me. I think I just got to be better on the defensive end. That's a guy who's taking the blame, you know, trying to be the better teammate here. But if he really thinks that, that's a problem. Because then that means no one was on the same page. Yeah, I um, yeah, I mean, bravo to him for trying to step up, and show some balls, and be like, "I'll take it." But it's not, it's not really right. I, I, you know, it's he can be the hero, but I mean, he's not really being the hero because what it really comes down to is the team should have had a clear understanding to guard Levine, mm-hmm. not Lopez, and they really messed up with worrying about guarding Lopez. You know, you left Levine wide open. It was an easy layup that local LA fitness heroes could have made. Yeah. So, you know, again, I don't think that they were on the same page. I think that they were thinking, okay, we'll just switch to whoever gets the ball and it'll be fine. I don't think that they expected maybe a high screen and then Levine to get the ball that way. I'm sorry, Lopez to get the ball that way. And able to hand it off to Levine. I think that they maybe thought Levine was going to come off the screen and get the ball immediately. So that's what they were worried about. They were too preoccupied with how do we guard a three or a jump shot instead of worrying about who has the ball and how do we prevent them from getting an easy, you know, layup. Yeah. So do you think that's the coach not having the team prepared? No. Or do you think that's just dumb on the players I think it's just dumb on the players I think that the I don't think Brett Brown deserves criticism here because I think they go over and in practice this is an easy defensive play this isn't something like you know Christian Leitner turnaround jumper on Duke you know what I mean that some kind of Hail Mary pass or some Mm -hmm. kind of wacky play this is pretty straightforward the center comes up receives the ball and then is was going to was going to hand it off to Zach Levine until he was able to just basically put it in his hands for a layup at that point yeah so it was a pretty basic play, and I don't think that it really goes on Brett Brown. I think that the players were just not on the same page, and they didn't communicate. And it's up to the players beforehand to be like, hey, you know, if this one gets it, switch. I'm right. sure Brett Brown, based on what he said, that's the environment that they, you know, nail home. The players didn't react. They just didn't react well. They just had a boneheaded moment, and, uh, you know, it cost them the game. It did. And... They shouldn't have even been in that position to start with. No. You don't let this team hang around. It was a bunch of boneheaded moments that led to this final one. And then the Sixers get the ball back. 0.5 left on the clock. Brett Brown draws up a play. It's like a lob to the basket for Jimmy Butler. Zach Levine just out jumps him, completely swats it away. And then everybody goes to the locker room. Game's over. Everybody leaves. Stadium's empty. And then they call... Both teams back out onto the floor to replay the game. I couldn't believe it. I've never seen this before, dude. Yeah. Like the, the stadium was empty. There were like no fans left. And they had to come replay the ending. I've never seen that before. Otto Porter couldn't come out because he was getting drug tested. Did you hear that? No. Yeah. No, come on. Otto Porter was not in the second ending because he was already getting randomly drug tested after the game. That's yeah. so strange in the NBA's part. Hey, congratulations on the win. Are you smoking anything? <laughs> That's so strange. Yeah. And uh, you can't leave a drug test either or else then you fail. So 
That's such a what a such just, a weird thing. That's a weird flex on the part of the NBA. <laughs> weird flex, but okay. Oh, and then of course the Sixers come back out and lose it again because one loss to the Bulls was not enough. You needed two. Yeah. Well, to really nail it home. They deserve two. Let's they be did deserve. They deserve two, two losses they did. for that. Anytime you lose to the Bulls, you deserve two losses. <laughs> it counts <laughs> on your record yeah. as two losses. Yeah, this team should have two more losses instead of one. Yeah. That's basically how it is. Is MJ? Is Pippen? Is is? Are there any? You know, Rodman? Are they on the team? No. So you you deserve to fucking lose at this point. Yeah. D Rose? No, 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 not even. No, D-Rose. not even D Rose. No. So you deserve two losses to this to this team who can't even have a jersey swap. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> well, that that's that's all I want that's, to talk because it's a Sixers lot of rant. Sixers losing, and I can't handle it. Yeah, you know we don't want to we don't want to sit here and bury this team, but um, you know it's clear they yeah. need Embiid back. Embiid, come back, please. We love you. We miss you. I hope you feel the same. All right, let's transition to some Phillies here. <laughs> all right, Bryce, fucking Harper. What's up, Bryce? What's up, man? Is a Philadelphia Philly. Sub guy. And he's playing right now. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, man. I mean, I got the tingles. I got to be honest. I got the tingles. Yeah. I didn't, I had a lot of doubt that this was going to happen. You know, the, the fucking Dodgers getting involved, a huge market like that. I thought we were going to get screwed the same way oh. we got screwed with, you know, Kawhi and, and LeBron and LeBron and, and stuff like that. Fucking but, LA, dude. Yeah, but, you know, we prevailed. We hung in there. Credit to, uh, to everyone in the front office and credit to, you know, dealing with the agent and, you know, it's a done deal. So here we are with Bryce, one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best hitters in baseball, arguably. Um, now, he's battled injuries throughout his career. He has yet to play all, I don't know, 182 games, although anyone does oh, rarely yeah. these days. But he's, this past season was the closest he's gotten to normal Bryce. Um you start when, you know, he first came in the league on the scene. He, you know, hovered around 20 home runs, around 100 games played. You saw the potential. Then he exploded in 2015 for 42 homers, um, 99 RBI, and about in about 520 plate appearances, give or take. So you saw the, oh, 330 average worth noting. Ooh. So you saw the potential. I mean, this guy, yeah. you, you saw the cock out at that point. That's that's dominance. But that's the problem dominance. was is the next two years very up and down. 2016, 243 average strikeouts. You know, 117, a lot of walks, but not really doing it for me in the RBI and the home run. You know, home runs down to 24, so a little bit of a down year, a little bit disappointing year. Next year, you start to see him climb again. He's back to almost 30. He's at 29 home runs. Again, he's not slamming it out of the park like he should be, though, because his swing is so compact and easy, and you would think someone like him would easily get 40 to 50 homers, much like Machado does, you know, around there, 40, you know, 35, 40, 50 homers. Still 20, 24, you know, okay, 29, okay. But then it, last year... He started to hit the ball out of the park a little more, but his average took you know took a deep, uh, steep dip. His average goes down to 249, and his homers go up to 34. So, but and his his RBI also goes up to 100. So you see his impact when he's fully together. Yeah, just um, a little inconsistent. Always good, right? But inconsistent, right? right. And injuries have played, uh, you know, have played a fair share in his career, but you see the potential there, you know. 
And he got walked 130 times last year, most in his career. Oh, my God. 130 times is a lot. That's like, you know. That's and not, with this Phillies lineup. Right, oh. right, right. That's not too far from Barry Bonds' territory. So, again, this guy, when he puts it all together, is one, among one of the baseball's best hitters, easily. But he hasn't put it together consistently yet. And that's what we're waiting for. Now, do I expect him to come in here and have an MVP season his first year? No. No. But if he can give this team 30 homers, 285 average, 100 RBI, I'm in. I'm in. Because I think it only gets better from there and easier from there after he sets himself as his first year in Philly. I think he gets more comfortable, and I think his numbers skyrocket. I think the Phillies continue to get better and build around him. So I'm in. Now, that being said, it's a risky deal. Let's be honest. Yeah. 13 years, a risky deal. It hasn't really worked out for anyone. A-Rod, maybe a little bit. Pujols, certainly not. So, I mean, you think of these huge deals. But the average money per year isn't just horrifying you know no it's, it's like not. 26 it's not 35 no it's not which it's is not. way better and it, but but 13 years is a lot 13 years is 13 a lot years is a lot and that could go very wrong very quickly if he's not healthy by year seven yeah so that's my only thing you know i'm being objective here that it's a it's a risky deal it's a risky risky deal but the reward is it's just through the roof it's the reward is we're talking multiple championships possible if yeah, he could stay possible. healthy and i like the fact that he actually wanted to be here he didn't he didn't need that player option he didn't need all those trade clauses he said i want to be here for 13 years like i'm a philly like bryce harper will be remembered as a philly now yeah like yeah ho- hopefully for the prime of his career that's where he's going to be and that's what he'll be remembered as you can compare this to uh you know lebron with the Cavs and the heat that's pretty much what this is now. Now, LeBron won one with the Cavs. We know he's from, you know, just a kid from Ohio bullshit. But his prime years were with the Heat, and he won two with the Heat. It's the bottom line. Yeah. So, again, you can compare this to LeBron with Cleveland and Miami. He's going to be remembered for both. Bryce has the potential to really be remembered for both, if not more Philly at this point. Yeah, totally. <sighs> and you know what? Even if Bryce is a little inconsistent this year, you know, maybe maybe the percentage isn't there where we want. Just got to hang out a little bit longer till we bring in Trout. <laughs> oh, God. We start with that train already. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm already excited that Mike Trout is a Philly, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah. Bring the baby boy home. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it would be a great, great story. I'm all for it. I think... Having Trout and Harper in the same lineup would be something historical if they both stay healthy oh, and yeah, produce it would to be a historic. high level. My question is, is Trout willing to take a little bit of a discount? Because paying two players a combined $650, $800 million, um, it hurts a little bit. Let's put it yeah. that way. It, yeah. it hurts. It hurts to hear because I know you're getting Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. I get it. But who's closing for you? Who's relieving for you? Who's starting for you? Who's playing defense in certain positions for you? Who's doing certain things that those two players might not be asked of? So that's my only thing. I'm not trying to piss on it. I think it's a 
wonderful fantasy that people should have. Let's get let's all do the no pants dance thinking about it. I'm all in. But I want to hear what the numbers are first and what he's requiring first before we do that and what we yeah, have before he does thought. that, you True. know? Like like if we're at the bottom of the league or if Bryce has been good one year, bad one year, good bad. Do we want to do that? I'm not sure. Can we do, you know, at that point, do we hate Bryce? Do we want to trade him? At that point, is he a god? You know, our ego's going to clash. We don't know. We just don't know. So let's pump the brakes. But I will say that together would be the scariest duo, I think, of all time. If if they yeah. played to their potential of just all time. Just two MVP candidates. Just Unbelievable. Like- From opposite sides of the plates to make it even sexier. So you can't. <sighs> you know, pitch around one. Oh man. Ah. Uh, that uh, would be scary. No be pants scary. <laughs> dance 365 a year. Oh. All right. Well, we can hope. But we'll for about- now, we'll settle with JT Real Miro. Yeah. <laughs> Phillies that are actually on the Phillies. <laughs> yeah. JT Real Miro. So, I mean, we haven't really gone over it, but he's another addition and I think he's under the, you know, a little bit under the rug here because he came from the Marlins, a team that is not a big market. Um, you know, they're struggling financially pretty much every year. Uh, they'll have that occasional run where they're a serious contender, but then out of nowhere, they'll sell everyone and be terrible for the next 10 years. (laughs) So they're back to being terrible. And if you don't really follow the Marlins, they're, you know, kind of a train wreck. Real Muto was one of the bright spots on that team, especially since they've lost Fernandez and, uh, Stanton. Um, Real Muto had, has been arguably top two, three catcher in the league. Uh, you know, he's, he had his breakout year in 2017 where he had 17 homers, 278 average, uh, 65 RBI doesn't really get you too excited, but again, pretty good. That's kind of his breakout year. But last year, last year he was big time, 21 homers, you know, finally eclipsing that number of 20 homers for a catcher, which you really don't see anymore. 277 average again, pretty consistent. RBIs went up to 74. And, uh, you know, he kept the strikeouts down, walks slightly up. So, again, we're not going to get into nerd baseball talk here. Mm-hmm. But he's a significant piece of this lineup that can take pressure off of other guys. Is he going to come in and hit 30 home runs? No. But if he can provide 20 to 25, again, makes this lineup scarier. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. Right. Something the Phillies haven't had in forever. I know, since we since lost Chooch. our boy Chooch. Oh, Choochy. Chooch. Will we love him just as much as Chooch? Probably not. Uh-huh. But Will we love him a little bit? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for his performance on the field. I don't think yeah. he's too much of like a fan favorite for his personality. Right. But right. I think that you know he's going to come in and definitely make this team better, which is what fans will appreciate. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Me too. I'm excited Me for too. baseball. I'm excited and I'm for baseball. And I'm not a baseball season. guy. That's my fourth out of the four major ones, but I'm hype. It's okay, baby cakes. You got me for baseball coverage. <laughs> Don't worry, baby cakes. Baseball I, coverage for me. That's it. It's all right. We got we got yeah, it, baby got cakes. It. I feel like I'm seeing that Hoskins is just going off today too on Twitter. Is Every he? time I don't know. But it would be nice if he just took the next step again. Yeah. You know? And Herrera. My my guy, my dude, stop doing dumb shit in the I know. field. Why is he like the Lance Stevenson of like? Oh my god, of that's like the so MLB. True. He really is. He is so talented. If he could just not be an idiot for right. fucking, I don't know, nine innings of his life every day, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. 
Yeah. It's like, don't throw the ball over third base when the player's only going to first base from the outfield or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, don't don't make dumb errors on the base pad. Don't try to stretch a single and do a triple. Like, what are you doing? Like, right. just, just play, play under the, control. Right, right. Exactly. So they got some guys, man. I'm excited. They got McCutcheon. They got McCutcheon, McCutcheon's dude. McCutcheon's a nice... He I, you know, he's doesn't not gonna come look in. as swag as he used to, though. That's because he's not, and he's not as good. He's not nearly as good. He might be fighting for a roster he spot. Cut his hair. But he provides a little bit of spark. Yeah. A little bit of spark. A little bit, a, bit, a little bit of I've been around the block. Yeah. Veteran dude. Veteran and, of dude. course, we got Arietta back. Nola's going to do his thing with his yep. big dick. So yeah. we're good. We're good. Michael Franco, Michael, maybe. Remember, he was supposed to be the savior. Yep. Now he's an afterthought, which is great. Which is great. Maybe it. he'll thrive in that position. I know. That jerk off. I'm so... Uh, I'm, I'm over him. If he doesn't produce yeah. consistently and not be an idiot, I'm over him. Trade him. Trade him. Trade him. him um, I'm wondering if they're going to make one more move for the pitching staff. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Because uh, they are interested in Keuchel and they're interested in Kimbrell. Keuchel, the starter, Kimbrell, the closer. So, are they serious contenders with them? I don't I don't think so, because I think Keuchel wants a long-term deal. I think Phillies want a short-term deal, which is understandable, because mm-hmm. Keuchel's older. Uh, Kimbrell wants to be paid like he's fucking Mariano Rivera. Uh, I could see why the Phillies are balking at that, too. So, again, keep an eye on it for late ads, but as of now, I don't think the Phillies are too serious about either one of them. Okay. And I guess it depends where they're at in the race, too, because they could always make moves before the deadline. They will. My prediction is they will, regardless of if they're leading by a lot, leading by a little, or tied, or losing by a little. One, mm. Any of them, I think that they're going to definitely make a move. You don't start the season. I'm, sh- I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. You rarely start the season and end the season the same way. You always True. start the season with a roster get to the midway point, trade for some guys, some, usually some smaller upgrades, but some guys that'll help you patch some rough patches up and make that run for the playoffs. So I expect them to do that, whether it's a bullpen arm or a utility guy or something, you know, someone who's going to help them minorly. I expect that out of them. So, you know, it should be a good season. We should be in prime position to make a serious run in a prime position to make even a deal if we need to. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. All right, transition, Eagles. Is it Eagles time? It's Eagles time. We got some Eagles news. Birds. Michael Bennett is gone. He's gone. The best pass rusher on the team is now on the Patriots. Eagles get a fifth-round pick. Uh, they give up Bennett and a seventh. And I don't really like the deal. I, I guess it's the same value we got for Bennett when we traded for him. The Eagles traded a fifth to get him from the Seahawks, but I think he's worth way more on the roster. He was so dominant for us last year. He was clearly our best pass rusher, and the Eagles just lost their best edge rusher. Like, it's not good. In no way is this good for the Eagles. I don't know why you're helping out your enemy either. Like, it's not like we just traded him to the friggin' Lions. We traded him to the friggin' Patriots. Yeah, and now the Patriots will let Trey Flowers go because he wants the big money. And they'll sign Bennett for half the cost and just do another Patriots scheme and just continue to be great. The rich get richer. 
Yeah. Just like every year. And you know what? Bennett had quietly his best season since 2015 with the Seahawks. Really? Last year, since 2015? He had, yeah, he had nine sacks. Most since 10 sacks in 2015 with the Seahawks. So Damn. he had a good year for the Eagles. He really did. Actually, nine sacks is the second most in his career ever in a season. Damn. Damn. Damn, Daniel. Well, he will be missed. Clearly. Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, and Chris Long are now like our top defensive ends. Derek Barnett is coming off major surgery. Brandon Graham coming off a hurt year. Always reliable though. So, you know, we can count on him. And then Chris Long, I'm not even sure if he's going to retire or not yet. He's under contract, but he can just retire at any moment. And then our fourth rusher after that is like Josh Sweat. So, we were very, very strong there for a while. Now we're looking thinner. So the Eagles might have to look towards the draft to fill this out. I'm thinking at the end of drafting someone. Yeah. Probably, you know, especially with this class, it's so deep. It's arguably the deepest uh, defensive line draft ever. So I'm thinking that they draft someone, whether it's a tackle or an end. Um, my guess would be is that they lead towards an edge rusher, would be my guess, because you can find a tackle in the second round. And um, still find value there, like a, maybe like a run stuffer. Yeah. But edge, you know, glorified sacks, edge rushers, I think you got to really nail the, you know, nail it in the coffin with that pick. And we've seen a lot of teams, you know, suffer bust with that pick. So I think it'd Marcus be... Marcus Smith yeah. for the Eagles. Remember that one? Yeah. So I, th- I think it'd be beneficial if the Eagles took an edge rusher in the first round. And I think that they will. I hope so, because that needs to be the strength of our team, because with the scheme Schwartz runs, it's it's predominantly based on a four-man pressure, and if we can't consistently get that four-man pressure, then we're going to be in trouble, so I really hate to see Bennett go, I really do. Now, the Eagles are also rumored to be interested in, in a few running backs here, Tevin Coleman being one of the guys, uh, he's he's a nice player. Nice player is a good way to describe him. Yeah, he can do everything, a little bit of everything. He's a nice pass catcher. He's good at stretch runs and inside zones and stuff. So he could be your goal line guy. He's just, he could do a little bit of everything, but he's not a star. No. He's not a star in any way. Right. I mean, he stepped in for Devonta Freeman yesterday, uh, yesterday, Jesus, uh, last year, <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he ran for 800 yards, decent, decent season, um... Is he again? Is he gonna be like your workhorse back that you? Can, I don't know. We don't, don't know that because he's never done that. No. Yet. To me, it's it's a low risk, high reward. If you want to maybe pay him to a team friendly contract, but he could also be looking to kind of cash yeah, in. So I think he might be. I don't know what the market is for him. You're probably gonna have to see the market, and you could probably circle back the wagon if you don't end up drafting a running back. Yeah. Um. My guess is is that Coleman will be one of the last ones to be signed because I don't think he knows his market yet. I don't think a team knows his market yet. I think that he's just going to wait for the best deal. I don't think it's like, oh, I have desire to go be you know, the star of Philly or anything right. like that. So I think the Eagles are probably going to have to wait that one out and see what his market is. As far as you know, Le'Veon Bell, the rumors with him, that gets me excited. That certainly. gets me extremely excited. That gets me excited. He is a game changer. He is arguably the best running back in the NFL. Um, he's got the best vision in the NFL. And 
the best patience and, and some of the best hands. Some of the best hands. It's he that's just, why he's one of the best in the NFL. He just does it. There he you just go. Listed all his qualities. There you go. That's why we want him. Um, he oh. changes the offense. He changes the entire team, the, the entire strategy of, you know, yeah. And now you protect Carson a little more. Now you don't have to wing it out 50 times. Now you probably don't have to, uh, you know, give it to guys late in the fourth quarter who you're not sure if they're going to fumble or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at what like Dak Prescott can do as a young QB yeah. just stands there and he hands it off to Elliot, lets him go to work and then ends up being a top five quarterback. Yeah. By the media. Yeah. Right. Ugh. but, that would be so beneficial for Wentz coming back after two injured seasons. Just to have comfort and reliability there in the star running back position. You know that if you keep plugging away, it's going to work with Bell. Right. He can pass protect. He can run routes. He can run passing routes. He's a great rusher. He could do it all. It would be, it would be just amazing if we were able to get him. I don't know how the money would work. I don't know how he would have to pull some magic like he normally does, but yeah, we're gonna have to get some nerds on that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, some cap nerds, but I hope, I hope. Okay, do you think the Eagles land Bell or Brown? Do you think one of those Steelers ends up on the Eagles? I do. You do? I do. I actually think that if they don't get one, they'll get the other. Damn. I actually do think that. Um, I'm. I'm really starting to buy into the Antonio Brown situation because I'm not sure he wants to play with Derek Carr as much as he'd want to play with some of the guys. In Josh the Allen. <laughs> <Don't> remember. <No. laughs> um, some of the guys on the Eagles, you know, like yeah. some of, they, the Eagles got a lot of dogs on that team, man. And he can really fit in there and find himself similar to the way it was on the Steelers, you know, a couple of years ago when things were all fine and dandy. Mm hmm. Um, I think the Raiders are still in a bit of a rebuilding stage, still need to find themselves. Still not, yeah, grinder. Still not sure if they want to commit to Derek Carr. Still True. not sure if they'll pay certain guys. I mean, they this team just yeah. let go Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Yeah, what makes this is a team a, unloading talent, not right. acquiring it. What makes what makes Antonio Brown think that he's safe there? So I just think that if it came down to his decision, he'd want the Eagles. I think that if it comes down to the Steelers, they don't give a fuck and they'll do the highest bidder. Yeah. So it'll it'll yeah. depend. It'll depend on what the offers are. But it doesn't matter because Brown could just say, fuck it, I'm not going there. Apparently, apparently that's how it works now. Apparently. And the question Brown has to ask himself is, am I a grinder or am I not? Right. If he's a grinder, then go to the Raiders. I don't think he's a grinder. I don't though. think he's a grinder. I think he's more like just pass me the ball and let me get in the end zone. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so like, come to the Eagles. Get right. in the end zone for us. Right. All right, you and Lev Bell. Both of you. One-year deals. <laughs> the whole Steelers. And Big Ben as the backup. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, no, but if they don't get uh, Antonio Brown, I'm a firm believer that they'll they'll go hard after Lev Bell. I really do. I think that, you know, Le'Veon continues to like a lot of stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Dealing yeah, with the for Eagles. sure. So he's, he's Bryce Harper's Instagramming, DMing him and stuff. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So there's a lot of interest there. There's a lot of mutual interest. And I just, I see the fit. And I just think that if, again, if they don't get Brown, they'll get Bell. And if they get Brown, they probably won't get Bell. So that'll, mm-hmm. that'll be it. it. It'll all depend where Brown lands. And I would guess that Brown will land well before Bell ends up. Yeah, we signing. think Brown will land like in the next week. Oh, yeah. Like maybe tonight. <laughs> when, as soon as I press stop 
on this pod, Possibly. that's when the news will break. With our luck, yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. But we'll see. Stars are coming to Philly, man. All right? We got we'll Jimmy Buckets. We got right. Tobias Harris. We got Bryce Harper. We're becoming a desirable location and yeah. destination. And that's nice for Bell being a free agent. You know, he doesn't have to be traded here. He could say, you know what? Philly's hot right now. Philly's a place to be. I kind of want to sign there. It's so. nice to hear because we've been the underdog oh, we've for been, many years, as yeah. recent as the NBA free agency. So, totally. you know, it's been really tough to land big time names here. You know, we're not L.A., we're not New York, we're not Miami, we're not Boston. We we are a city that is an underdog and we've li- we've liked it that way. You know, fuck you. We don't like you either. But again, we still want our stars. We want our stars to come here. So mm-hmm. it's a nice feeling to get some players who finally want us. Yeah, so uh, you are agreeing with Elliot Shore Parks here, right? Thinking the Eagles. No, uh, no. <laughs> no. So no. Elliot thinks that the Eagles' top priority should be to go after Bell. And while I think it is nice and would be amazing to have it happen, I don't think that's your top priority. No. I think filling out your defense, your line, your edge rushers, not spending a boatload of money for a star running back is the way to go. I would be fine with. A Mark Ingram, a Jordan Howard, maybe even Tevin Coleman, part of a committee kind of thing. But I, I don't think it's like the Eagles will live or die by if they land Bell. If it's up to me, if Bell and Brown were both free agents, I'd pay Brown over Bell. Because Bell, and I like both players. But interesting. interesting. I think in today's pass-happy league... You got Brown who can affect the game way more than Bell can. I mean, look at the way that the Patriots just won the Super Bowl and the way that the Rams lost it. And I know that the Rams have a decent like, little wide receiver core, but come on. They don't have anyone who's going to really turn your head. The guy who they have that's going to turn your head, Todd Gurley, was not 100% and was a complete disaster and a complete non-factor. And that, yeah. thus, that team being a complete disaster for four quarters. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's clear that when you spend big in free agency, you don't really want to do it on a running back because they're so easy to draft and so replaceable. Star receivers usually last, and they're usually star receivers for a very long time. Yes. So, I don't know. But if you're the Eagles, you can't really draft running backs. It's not as easy as it sounds because we keep picking like Donnell Pumphrey and Bryce Brown and just terrible, terrible players. Yeah, so again, again. If they don't get Brown, I expect them to get Bell. But that doesn't mean I think Bell should be the number one priority for this team. For this team, protect Carson and get someone who can rush after the opposing quarterback. That should be, to me, the top priority. Get your little shiny, sexy offensive pieces later in the offseason through the whatever, trade free agency, draft, whatever. You can get guys like Golden Tate we've shown. Yeah, and we have to remember that the NFL has a cap. So you can't just go sign Bell and it doesn't affect the rest of your team. Yeah. It affects the rest of your team a it lot. Af- it, it'll affect, I'll tell you right now, it'll affect the guys who will rush the quarterback and it'll affect the guys who will protect the quarterback and it'll probably affect Carson himself. Yeah, So 100%. Let me ask you guys, do you want someone who can change the game? Good, I'm all in. But... Don't think that this guarantees you a long-term love romance with Carson and with guys who block Carson because it could be a very mm, messy 
messy road if they don't have someone who can block. And if they don't have, and if Carson, you know, sees something attractive elsewhere and they don't want to pay him what he wants, I don't think that he's that type of guy, but that could get messy there too. So, you know, expect the cap situation to get real messy and dicey if we do get uh, Brown or Bell and have to pay one of them. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, any closing thoughts for this pod? No. Um, just on, on everything with the cap, I think that if there's one organization that can get this uh, this cap situation in order and check and one organization we can trust, it's the Eagles. It's yeah, the Eagles. they've already made great strides right. in clearing up tons of space. Yes, so. so they've shown that they can handle big-time caps. I would be a little hesitant with the Flyers, the Phillies, and to some extent the Sixers. So if it's one team I trust, it's the Eagles. So let's yeah. let's roll the you know let's roll the dice and let's see what happens. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to us. You know, thanks for tuning in for another episode. Um, we'll be back next time with some Flyers talk. We got to update with them. They're in the middle of a playoff hunt, about seven points out, if that is correct, yeah. I believe. As so of right we'll now. update you with that. We'll update you with maybe Bryce Harper. Maybe he makes some noise by next time. But. Uh, Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode, and we'll be back soon. Until next time.